Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry sky and see your hand in time and mind to lead me through the night. Today, we're kicking off a new series as the banner outside and the invitation cards reflect. I want to talk today and begin the series about nightmares, what our fears say about our values, nightmares. In this series, I'm not talking about normal caution. That's not what I'm talking about. Caution has its place in our lives. Caution helps us. Caution keeps us from genuine danger. It's caution that teaches me to look both ways when I cross the street. I'm curious, just this week, how many of you went to make a turn and wish somebody would have looked both ways before they crossed the street? Yeah, we got a habit here in the great northwest of just crossing the street. You look both ways before you cross the street. Caution causes me to protect my social security number. Can I get a witness? Concern helps us to take time and make wise decisions. Concern keeps us from bona fide danger. And these aren't the things that I want to talk about in this four-week series. What I'm speaking about is overwhelming fear. I'm talking about fear that's out of control. Fear that blocks opportunities. Fear that stops our personal growth. Fear that derails God's perfect plan for our lives. I'm talking about fear that harms our own development and future. Crippling fear, incapacitating fear, nightmares. Night terrors, frightening dreams, terrifying experiences, torment and misery, the things that stop me in my tracks, that's what I'm talking about. And in this series, there'll be four particular nightmares we'll talk about. Uncertainty, suffering, humiliation, and today's subject, rejection. Rejection reaches nightmare status when Human approval is top priority in our lives. When human approval and approval of others is the foremost thing in my lives, rejection reaches nightmare status. Now, human approval isn't bad. I think this is where the enemy works some of his most deceptive work, is to take something that is part of the human makeup and push it way out of bounds and raise it to too high a level until we're at a place where it messes up the way we are created to operate. Human approval. I've read and learned and practiced and studied that children, when they come into the household, basically they have an attention cup, if you will, an attention cup in their hands. And they need attention. Our children need our attention. And the truth is, particularly if you're a parent or a school teacher, you know this, that they're going to get attention however they can get it. If we pay attention to the right things and we acknowledge good things and we credit good things, then those things will go forward. They've got their attention. But if we don't are not attentive and approving of good things in their lives, then they'll start throwing bricks through windows. They'll start crashing bowls of cereal onto the floor. 
They'll start making noise and racket and crashing. They don't care if it's negative attention or positive attention. They simply want attention. They're looking for that validation. And so approval, human approval is something that validates right and wrong in our lives. It moves us to success or failure in our lives. And, and you know what? We know that. When we leverage that understanding. Parents leverage approval in their homes. Teachers leverage it in the classroom. Employers leverage approval in the workplace. Come on. You want a positive review so you get a raise. You know what that is? I'm looking for human approval. Friends leverage it in a relationship. We want to communicate and understand how we best get along with one another. You know what? Spouses leverage human approval in their marriages. So human approval is not inherently bad. It's necessary to maintain, initiate relationships. We like to be liked. We like to be appreciated. And as different people and different amounts of approval are needed, that doesn't matter. Still, there's a need in people to be approved by others. And without that need for approval, then we would ignore one another's interests and his concerns and values. If I had no interest in people's approval, no interest in what makes others happy or what makes them sad, it's going to turn out wrong. If I've got no interest in others' approval, I'm not interested in what offends them or encourages others, it's going to turn out wry. Human approval matters in our lives. I'm going to maintain law enforcement's approval. That's important not just to keep... Uh, uh, keep us from citations, but it keep us from jail time, but it enables a livable, peaceable society because we all are looking to maintain that approval. Keeping the doctor's approval is important for staying alive, healthy living. Pursuing the approval of mentors and proven elders helps us to live wisely. Human approval matters. Just the other day, I purchased one of my mentor's newest books. He was getting out of his vehicle. I went over to speak with him, and he opened the hatch. I got a new book, and he wanted to share it with me. and picked it up, got it signed. And right in the preface, he writes this. I think I've lived my life as a seeker. I've found some of the prizes I looked for. Many of them eluded me. Some successes, some failures, some achievements, some disasters. And then he writes this, my overarching goal has been to get approval, not to please everybody, but to be approved by those of by those who meant the most to me. He says, I've been the little kid who was always looking back to see if his mom and dad were watching. I've been the student who wanted the approving smile of his teacher, the guy who wanted to please his boss, the husband who was happy seeing the loving smile of his wife, and the dad who swelled with pride in getting the admiration of his kids. Human approval matters, but not in every case and not from every human. 
Human approval is not the only thing that matters, but one of many things that matters. And what I, I want our attention to consider today, if human approval becomes our primary concern, it's what I live for, is pats on the back and the attention of others and someone to tell me I'm good. We place ourselves at a high risk for failure. Look at the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, Paul is writing to that church and he says, Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. Listen to the sarcasm from the Apostle Paul. He goes on to say, But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as a standard of measurement. How ignorant. You know, Paul, as I've said previously, he didn't pull punches. He didn't caution his words. He certainly didn't speak or write with political correctness in mind. He made it known that only comparing themselves with each other, how ignorant. Proverbs 29 and 25 records this. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Only comparing themselves with each other, how how ignorant. A dangerous trap. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I look at these, I read these, I understand these, and immediately the follows and the likes of modern social media feed the God of human approval voraciously. Just a year ago, in 2018, scientific study is published, or was published rather, by the International Journal of Information Management. And they established in research what most of us all know by experience. And that is this. The more time people spend on Facebook, the happier they believe their friends to be and the sadder they feel as a consequence. That's by research. The more time you spend on social media, the more you believe the people you're looking at are happy. And the sadder you become yourself. The Bible said only comparing themselves with each other. A dangerous trap. The comparing that takes place among ourselves. The recognition and the approval. I'm trying to tell you, you know, I'm trying to understand. As I compare the boat I have with the boat they have. The motorcycle I have with the motorcycle they have. My car to their car. Or maybe it's comparing my furniture to theirs. And my landscaping to theirs. Or my home to theirs. Or maybe I'm comparing our pets to their pets. And Maybe our children to their children. Maybe comparing my child's talents to their child's, my child's teams to their teams, to my child's activities to their activities. We start comparing my education to their education and the promotion I just got to the promotion they're getting and the vacations I've taken to the vocations they're in. Only comparing themselves with each other, the Bible says, is a dangerous trap. Comparing my fishing gear to their fishing gear. My gun collection to their gun collection. The tools and the tool chests in my garage to those in their garage. Or comparing dresses, purses, shoes to others. Dresses, purses, and shoes. Here's one. Comparing faces and eyes and hair and shapes to those of others. 
Even comparing the number of likes, the number of friends, and the number of comments to those whose others have likes and friends and comments. Only comparing themselves with each other, a dangerous trap. An Australian model by the name of Asena O'Neill spent three years of her life immersed in social media until she had garnered more than half a million followers on Instagram. She had enough followers to garner sponsorships, make herself wealthy, and admired by legions of fans. But one day in late 2015, she reached a breaking point. She decided she's going to edit the captions on the pictures of herself that received the greatest response and tossed her to the highest of charts and social recognition. Next to what looked like just a casual selfie, she wrote this, Please like this photo. I put on makeup, I curled my hair, tight dress, big uncomfortable jewelry, took over 50 shots until I got one I thought you might like. Then I edited this one selfie for ages on several apps just so I could feel some social approval from you. There is nothing real about this. End of quote. The more time people spend on Facebook, the happier they perceive their friends to be, the sadder they feel as a consequence. When primarily pursuing human approval, we can start to think, I'm only valuable if this, thus, and so, and I only have meaning if these things take place. Why? Why do this? And she quotes, just so I could feel some social approval from you. Fearing people, hear me today, is a dangerous trap. When our desire for approval is overdone and misplaced, then our greatest nightmare is rejection. We start looking most to human beings for our worth and our value. We're going to be trapped by anxiety. Worry and concern plague our lives because we're not enough when we compare and we fear we'll lose approval and be rejected. We battle unease and apprehension when we aren't approved by enough people. If we look most of all to human beings for our worth and our value, we're going to be trapped by an overneed to please others. That trap creates an inability to withdraw from exploitive relationships and allowing negative things in our lives. Come on, folks. How many of us have wondered and questioned why the person remains in a battering and abused relationship? How many of us wonder and question why folks struggle with someone who's strung out and addicted and driving another to poverty and recognize how this is going on? Because somebody needs approval from humans so much that they can't step away from what's destroying their lives. 
We'll pursue attention and approval from negative people if we have to, from harmful people. Not have the courage to withdraw from their destructive influence if one of our highest goals is human approval. If we look most to human beings for our worth and value, we'll be trapped by an inability not just to get out of bad relationships, but to start new ones. We'll be fearful of starting new friendships or going into new workplaces because we fear the people in those settings will reject us. If we look most to human beings for our worth and value, we're going to be trapped by an inability to take criticism, even helpful, beneficial, make-me-better criticism. We're not going to pursue and receive accountability from others because of our fear. And in that fear, we cannot fully develop and express the fullness of our God-given talent and ability if we cut ourselves off from others. Because that initiative and that invitation involves the risk of rejection. And some will then, because of that risk, not even try to grow. If we look most to human beings for our value and our worth, we get trapped by a cowardice that makes us unable to confront others. Parents who are most desirous of approval will not discipline, direct, and train their children for fear of rejection. Employees who are unable to walk away from that fear of rejection won't call out corruption in the workplace. Here's what happens to followers of Christ. We won't stand for what's right because we're afraid we'll be humanly rejected. Here's what else will happen. I won't share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone else for fear that I would be humanly rejected. None of those things allow us to become all that God intends. Only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as a standard of measurement. The scripture says, how ignorant. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap. Traps limit us. Snares hold us back and they derail God's perfect progression in our lives. When I or you or any of us fall into the trap of making approval from humans our top priority, it's a perpetual, unfilled hunger that will never be fully satisfied. In truth, that's a nightmare. But thank God. It doesn't have to be that way. Because you and I in this room are now going to be exposed to the Word of God. Maybe we've known it our whole life. Maybe it's fresh and new today. But the Word of God offers an alternative to that. There's a clear antidote to the over-pursuit of human approval. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Paul said to this man he was working with, Present yourself to God and receive His approval. Present yourself to God and receive His 
approval. Go back to Proverbs and notice this. He said, fearing people's a dangerous trap, but he also said this, trusting the Lord means safety. There is a trap in just getting your approval from people, but on the other side, if I will trust the Lord, I won't fall into that trap. I, I won't get tucked back in that trap. I, I won't be hindered. I won't be limited. Because there's safety when I trust the Lord. Why him? Why trust him? Why choose him instead of choosing people? Look what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. He said, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Then Jesus said this, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Why would I trust the Lord? Because he's got a purpose. And that purpose is to give those who follow him a rich and satisfying life. Ephesians chapter 1, the apostle Paul made some summary statements about this very thing. Notice these few verses. Even before he made the world, this is talking about the Lord of glory. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Look at verse 8. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. I hope that we can grasp today that according to scripture, even before there was an earth, even before there was a universe, even before there were human beings, Adam and Eve, even before there was anything created, God looked forward into the future and said, I see a people. I'm going to love those people. I've got purpose for those people. I've got pleasure for those people. Why does he pursue you and I? Because he wants to. 1 John 3, 1, see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. Preacher, why would you tell me that I should seek God rather than human approval? I'll tell you why. Because before you and I were ever born, before there were ever any humans, God had a vision for you and for me. Before I ever even thought about matter in this world I mattered to God before I even thought about how I would gain approval he was looking out for me we matter to God each individual in this room matters to God each person in this city each person in our workplace, each human in our neighborhoods matters 
to God. We are His creation and His desire. No human loves us more than God loves us. No human blesses us more than God does. No human pursues you and I more than God does. No one validates like our Creator can validate. You want to feel approved? There's no human that'll share approval like the love of God being realized in our lives. Rather than over-pursue human approval, I offer today rest in God's desire. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust. Have every confidence in. Put one's hopes and faith on, bank on, be sure of, have faith in the Lord. During a, a discussion in Athens with philosophers, the Apostle Paul described our Lord and Savior and summarized some of the things I've just said. He, he told those listeners, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. He told them, He Himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. And as he ministered, as he taught, as he challenged those listeners, he shared with them the things that we've already just seen in Scripture. That the Lord is different than humanity. And then Paul summarized how that trust should look. In Acts 17 and verse 28, Paul said this, For in Him we live and move and exist. In Him we live and move and exist. I, I preach today that true life is in God Almighty. Real existence is in our Lord and Savior. When I need fulfillment, we live in Him. When, when I need to be known and understood, we live in Him. When I need purpose, we exist in Him. Rather than fearing rejection, choose faith in Almighty God. Here's what I love. When we make that choice, the outcome is crystal clear. Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people's a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. When I keep human approval in its proper place, it's just one of many things in my life. When I take it off the high horse and from the top rungs of my life and move it back down to where it needs to be in a manageable way, and instead, I trust in the Lord. I put Him high and above human approval. The Bible says that trusting in Him 
protects you and I from the dangerous trap of fearing people. When human approval can be dangerous, I can push that down. I can lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and I don't have to worry about that trap anymore. I don't, I don't have to be taken down by that trap. I don't, I don't have to be limited by it. I don't have to be hindered by it. I don't have to be tripped up by it. I can recognize my faith is in the Lord. No traps, no snares, no nightmares when we trust in Him. The Message Bible says the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. And I just speak into our understanding today. What matters most for success in this world is his attention. What matters most to sleep soundly without nightmares, his concern. What matters most to not be limited and hindered and boxed in by humanity is his approval and his validation. I simply express today look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and rest, rest in his love. Would you bow your heads across this audience? And if it helps you to think about what I've shared today in these scriptures and this understanding, maybe close your eyes. And you know, if there are any elements and things that we talked about and maybe making human approval more than what it should be in our lives. Right here, right now, is a great place to confess to God. I've been too concerned for what people think of me. I don't know how that would be expressed or realized in your individual life. I gave a lot of examples today of how that might be exposed and how it might be in evidence in our lives. But if you find yourself in any of those explanations, in any of those spots, this is a great time to say, Lord, Lord, I got caught up. I got, I got tricked. This world that we live in, and modern media, and relationships with coworkers, and things I need to do, and people I need to be around, and a society that I live in, some stuff has influenced me and impacted me. Maybe it's even been social media that has pushed me for too much human approval, and it's it's put me out of whack. Lord, I confess that I have I've paid attention to. Too much to some things that don't matter as much as you. I, I, I've been too concerned, Lord, about what people think about me. And it has limited me. It has is, it is held me back, Lord. It has it is not allowed me to be what you're calling me to be, Lord. It's been a trap. It's been a snare, Lord. Forgive me. I have, I have paid attention too much to something that doesn't matter. As much as I've given it attention. And following that prayer, perhaps we could 
raise a hand up to the Lord and say, I, I don't know why anything would ever matter more to me than you. Your approval is what matters most. Your work in my life, your attention to me, your thoughtfulness for me even before the world was created. If you're looking out for me, Lord, nothing else matters. Why would I care what others would say? Lord, if you're interested in my life, Lord, I want to follow that interest. I want that to be my direction. I want it to be my plan. Lord, recognizing who you are and your interest in me specifically, Lord, you have purpose, you have joy and peace, you have, Lord, something that you want to accomplish in me and through me, and I know, God, that's where joy and peace remain, Lord. I heard those scriptures today, Lord, that talk about your desire, your desire to bring fulfillment, your desire to bring joy, your desire, Lord, to help me, oh God, to fully recognize, Lord, your power in my life. That's what I want to see, Lord. That's what I want to see. That's what I understand. That's what I want to know. Here's the most awesome and incredible and amazing thing about God. When I get hung up on human approval, I may win Krishna's approval. I may measure up to Krishna, but then I meet Nick, and it's back to square one. And I, I may meet Nick's approval, but then I meet Tatiana, and it's, it's back to square one. I need to meet her approval and win her approval. And, and maybe I get that done, and then I, I meet Carmen, and it's back to square one, and it's a never I'm trying to measure up. I'm trying to be this person. I'm trying to fit into this mold. I'm trying to become. And just hear me a minute. Fathers hold incredible impact in children's lives. And unfortunately, there are missing fathers in many homes, and there are fathers who withhold approval. And so children grow into adulthood forever pursuing approval, forever trying to find the person to which they can measure up, and they're finally good enough. And if it's not... In this one, then I'll seek that one, and I'll search this one, and I'll find that one. I'll post online. People get involved in all manner of ridiculous things, destroying their own lives, trying to win that approval, trying to measure up. But here's a cool thing, Don. When I meet God, I'll never measure up. And he doesn't care. When I confess to him, Lord, I am not perfect. I've got errors and I mistakes in my life and things that need to change. You know what his response is? Yeah, I know. Lord, I, I, do, I do this dumb thing. I do that dumb thing. I don't do this right. I've got this problem going on and I need to fix this. And my, he says, I know, we'll work on that stuff. I'll, I'll give you my spirit. I'll help you with those things. I've, I've given you my word to give you some direction and some assistance. 
But at the same time, that loving God who wants us to progress, who wants us to grow, who wants us to develop, he knows good and well, none of us will be perfect in this world. We'll never make it to his purity as Christ Jesus until he takes us to heaven, um, until we are in that place and that approval rains down on us. Such a trap, human approval, because you never get what we thought we would get. And we never get what we truly need. But in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, he welcomes us, he embraces us. All our wrinkles and warts and shortcomings fills us with his spirit, provides us his word, says, come on, follow me. Come on, follow me. Got some things to teach you, got some things to show you, got some things I want to do in you. I know you won't work it all out, but you'll work it out bit by bit. And as you do, you'll discover this is getting better and better all the time. And my life is improving all the time. And God designed that plan before he ever created the heavens and the earth. I'm going to leave you with these two things and then we're going to be dismissed for today. In my devotion this week, I read this. God has designed us to regularly gather together and remember the things that are worth living for. Corporate worship reminds us of His power, His glory, and His grace. It reminds us of our spiritual needs. It reminds us of the eternity that is to come. It reminds us of salvation past, present, and future. And it reminds us of these things. As it does so, it clears up our values confusion once again. Rescuing us from our wandering and fickle hearts, pointing us to the one who rightly commands our allegiance and in grace gives us every important thing that we would ever need. It's just one of the many reasons that being here today in this house, in this environment, gathering with fellow disciples is important. Because the values of our society, they just rub off on us. You walk through a public place. I sure hope before you sit down and eat dinner, you wash your hands. Because God knows all the things you've touched during the course of the day. Let me wash our hands so that we don't take those things in and cause some undue sickness. You didn't intend to get your hands dirty. You didn't intend to pick up any germs. You didn't intend to try to find a virus. It just happens as you go through everyday living. That's what happens with the values and the thoughts of society as we live our daily lives. Things just kind of rub into us and get into us. And that's the importance of being in the house of God and fellowshipping with fellow believers. It's like a spiritual hand washing. 
It helps us to realign. And you know what? I was putting human approval too high. Let me push that thing down, get rid of those nightmares, and lift up the name of Jesus Christ and who He is. It clears us out. Yeah, it's a good thing. I had lunch with my friend, Dr. Jim Littles. You may remember when he's been here. And he said now every time he ministers, he asks four questions of people instead of three. He said, my three questions are still the same. I, I asked somebody, what did you learn today? What one thing did you learn today? He said, then I asked him this. How will you pray about that one thing? What did you learn today? How will you pray about that one thing? And then the third question, and he's been asking these three a long time. How will you act differently because of what you learned? What did you learn today? What one thing did you learn today? Hopefully you learned a whole lot more, but let's just focus on one. What one thing did you learn today? How will you pray about that thing and how will you change? How will you act that thing out in your life? And then my friend, Dr. Littles, he said, I've been adding this fourth thing because it's become so very real to me how important it is in our walk with God. Who will you invite to help you with that thing? Who will you be accountable to? Who will you confess your learning point and your growth point and to help you to grow along in that area who will be involved in your lives well I think about those two things being together in corporate worship how it helps us to realign and put our values back in order and God number one and human values lower and I think about those four questions, particularly who will I invite to walk with me and to help me in this thing. And I think about faith groups. Funny how that worked, right? You didn't see that coming, did you? The benefits of being together and discussing the word together and Washing away the world and society values that just have made their way into my life, like when I'm walking through a public place and touching different things. And also the ability to engage with others and to say, I I'm growing in this place and I welcome your assistance in that growth. This is something I'm challenged about. And since I no longer overvalue human approval, I enjoy the help of others to develop and mature me in Christ Jesus. You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of the series, or join us online at livingfaithministries.church. The Holy Ghost, you give me peace.